Amen. Please be seated. Thank you so much, worship team. Let's thank our worship team so much. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate you. Well, it's my privilege to introduce our guest speaker today, a friend of the house, uh, Reverend Mark Greenwood. He's the head of evangelism in, in our Elam denomination. And so can we give him a big Northampton welcome as he comes? Can we do that? Come on. God bless you, Mark. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Morning, everyone. It's good to be here. You all right? Yeah, down here, are you all right? Yeah, up there, you all right? Anybody here not all right? Oh, sorry, sir. I love it when somebody puts their hand up. Yeah, I'm not all right. Hope you're all right by the end. It's really nice to be here with you. Did anybody, I mean, I don't know whether we're over-egging it, but me, Jason and Linda and a few other people, we were, um, we were just stood outside like the stage door entrance. We think there was a tornado, a mini tornado. I'm scaling it down from tornado to mini tornado. By the time I tell it to my friends this afternoon, it'll be massive. But did any, was anybody caught up in it? Honestly, yeah. What do you think, tornado? Full tornado. Biggest tornado ever, right? <laughs> it's like when you go fishing and you catch a fish. It's this big, but it won't even like that, isn't it? But honestly, it was wild, absolutely wild. And it kind of, everything was rattling. Jason's hip was rattling because it's... Honestly, it was crazy, but really nice to be here this morning. I'm excited to come and have a little natter with you this morning. So I want you to, I'm just going to pull back so I can just get a slightly better view, just for a few secs. I want you to, uh, I want to do like a bit of a, a survey and it's got like a couple of parts to it and it'll make sense as I kind of travel through what I want to talk to you about this morning. So, okay, this one is a survey, all, all is, is just a quick Show of hands, that's all we need. We're not going to get you out or anything like that, so you won't, don't need to be embarrassed or worried. So, who doesn't like being told what to do? Raise your hands for me. Okay. Quite a few have raised your hands with excitement. That's really worrying. Okay, that says, yeah, I don't like being told what to do, and I'm proud of it. Yeah, okay, all right. Okay, let's just develop this a little bit further. And this is why I pulled back, just so I can get a full of you. Who, when you're told to do something, tends not to do it? Yeah, anybody? Okay, all right, a few people. Who, when told not to do something, tends to do it? There's a few more hands going up there. Is there? Okay, excellent. Picture the scene with me, if you will. You're walking along the road, and it says, as you're walking along the road, or not the road, the path, okay, and you, you happen to notice from a distance, because you've walked this pathway before, you, this is a familiar journey you take, and you just happen to notice that that fence looks a little bit cleaner than normal. I can tell you're looking at me going, nope, never done that. Oh no, you have, you have. Because as you get closer to that fence, you notice these words probably written on the path. Do not touch wet paint. 
Okay. Next part of the survey. Who goes up to it and touches it just to check? <laughs> a lot of hands. What would have made me really happy this morning is if somebody had raised their hands and it had paint on it because you did it. <laughs> that would have made, but you know, I'm, I'm believing this is going to happen one time, but not, not at the moment. But there is something in it. It's like either, it's like, you're not telling me what to do. Either it's that, it's like, how dare you tell me what to do? Or just intrigue just gets the better of you. Does that ever happen to you where intrigue just gets the better of you? And you just, is it, is it really wet? I just need to know. Now hold that thought for a few moments. We've been, um, I'm going to say celebrating, we haven't, but we're, as, a, as, a, as a country, we've been celebrating trick or treating. It's a weird thing, isn't it, trick or treating? Like I'm bringing my kids up to say, never take sweets from a complete stranger. I tell them never to go and knock on doors. We used to do that when we were kids. Do you play, ever play that? Knock on doors and run away. It's a great game. Maybe, maybe not. It is a great game though, right? <laughs> Thank you for your support. <laughs> so, but it's weird, isn't it? And then all of a sudden we make it all right. <laughs> Don't we to go and do it? Take streets from, streets from complete strangers. It's a weird thing. But who is, think about trick-or-treating, not particularly the theme of trick-or-treating in terms of trick-or-treat night. But, but give us another, I'm just trying to find out where you're at this month. Who's ever been tricked? into something. Let's quick show of hands. Okay. What about, what, about, what about Facebook scams? Anybody fallen foul of those? Increasingly numbers of people are falling foul or tricked into buying something. Yeah, tricked into buying something. I've been tricked into buying something by Jason Heron. <laughs> that laughter tells me that you've all been tricked into buying something. He's like the Dell boy of Vickers, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? I bought, this is confession time. I've carried this pain for years. Okay, I'm going to share it, Jason, then we can finally have communion together, okay? He tricked me and three others into buying mini video projectors. Tiny things. They were rubbish. And I hate it when I'm tricked because it's like I feel like I feel like I'm not trickable. Now that's automatically set a challenge out, aren't you? That you're all gonna try and trick me before you go. But it's it's horrible. Whether whether in jest, it happened to me the other day. Somebody said something to me and I fell for it, and they were particularly pleased because I generally speaking don't fall for these things. But you know, like when somebody tricks you or plays a prank or says something and then ah, oh, not really. Ah, oh, you feel rubbish, don't you? Oh man, it hits the pride, doesn't it? But actually, on more important notes, when when you believe the scams that are out there, when when you believe the deals that are out there, and you and then you take them and you fall for them, credit card scams are happening all the time. They're getting more and more brazen, aren't they? In terms of how they like send you. How many emails have you had recently telling you that you've got a parcel? And you think, oh, I like getting a parcel. I like getting a parcel. I've got, I'm not even ordered a parcel, but they're telling me I've got one. I'm going to go and it's easy. And I meet so many people who have been tricked. How does it make you feel when you've been tricked? It makes you feel a bit abused, actually, doesn't it? And I think in some instances, that's not too strong a word. 
It makes you feel deceived. It makes you feel disappointed. It makes you, if you're anything like me, I've stopped trusting things. Like when I get emails come through, I can't trust them anymore. If they tell me that I've got to claim some tax back, I now have to ring up the Inland Revenue because I just, I just feel that I'm in a world that's trying to trick us. And, and, and I know this is not everybody, but it's difficult to then know who you can trust. However, who's ever been treated to something? Yeah? Isn't it lovely when somebody says, oh, I just, like, I like midget gems. Like, the, the, not the cheap or nasty ones called bobbies for a pound pack. Hate those. You can taste the fat in them. They're disgusting. But like lions, midget gems, you know, the really, really hard ones. And I love those. Those are my favorite sweets. And I like being treated. I mean, I'm not hinting or anything like that, you know. Don't kind of take anything out of that that I'm not trying to say. But how, how do you feel when you've been treated? It's amazing, isn't it, right? And it's like sometimes I find it's not, it's not even the big stuff, right? Sometimes it's just the little tiny things, isn't it? Like I was, I was delivering a talk a few years ago. This happens to me regularly. And I just talked about the fact that I love Cherry Pepsi Max. And by the end of the talk, somebody had, had gone out and got me a bottle of Cherry Pepsi Max. I mean, that's, I mean it, said, it said two for the price of one, and I did want to wonder where the other one is, but <coughs> I didn't want to look ungrateful or anything like that. Jason, could you get somebody to get me a, a glass of water, please? My throat's just drying. Would that be all right? I don't know who, who it is. That would be great. Um, so yeah, yeah, and so like, it doesn't always have to be the big treats, right? I mean, <laughs> not against the big treat, don't get me wrong, but just little treats and, and unexpected treats. And sometimes it, it can be a gift that you've been given. Sometimes it can be something that somebody has, has said to you. Sometimes it can be a text, right? <clears throat> Even just, hey, thinking about you. I feel like treated when that happens. So tricks make you feel horrible and nasty and tainted and, and dirty and deceived and unable to trust. Treats make you feel loved and make you feel cared for and make you feel at this moment in time that that person almost feels like you're the most important person in their life. It feels like they're prioritizing you, they're loving you. They're just wanting to give you something that you don't deserve. If I was to say to you today, would you rather be tricked or treated? I think all of us would say we'd rather be treated than tricked, wouldn't we? Thank you, sir. Look, that's a treat. He's even unscrewed the lid. Thank you, sir. What a professional. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed for getting that. I appreciate it. Today, I want to chat to you about the biggest and greatest and I would suggest the most devious trick ever performed on humanity. But I also want to talk to you and tell you about the greatest treat that has ever been lavished on humanity. 
the greatest demonstration of love where somebody treated us and we didn't deserve to be treated. We'd been tricked and actually we sometimes continue to trick ourselves but this person just treated us treated us and lavished. In fact, that's a word he even uses about this person, how he lavishes love upon us. And that person is God. But let me, let me help to set a bit of a context. And to do that, I just need to read to you some sentences from the Bible uh, from which I'm going to talk to you about the greatest trick and the greatest treat ever performed on humanity. Now, if you want to follow this because you're familiar with the Bible and you know your way around the Bible, then you'll understand what I say if I say turn to Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 to 6. But for those of you who maybe don't have a Bible or your phone's not charged or you don't even know your way around the Bible, let me read these sentences to you. Then I'm going to chat around them for a little while and then at the end of my talk, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get a treat from God, the greatest treat ever that you can have. And many, of course, have already received that treat today. So let let me read to you. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, I know this seems a bit fantastical, but back in the day, in the Bible, things were a little bit different. He said to the woman, did God really say, there's the trick. Did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden. He said, that's not what God said. God said, you must not eat from any tree in the garden apart from that one over there. See, there's a trick. The devil's tricked right from the word go. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you see, she knew, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You won't surely die, said the serpent, tricking. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, And also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. Then the eyes of both of the women and the man were opened. And they realised they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. That little chunk there is right at the beginning of the Bible. And it gives us an insight as to how God created the world. I'm going to mention a few things about that as we travel through. And and God's intention and God's plan for the world and and how he wanted us to live. And we're going to explore that in a few moments more. But I just want to say to you, it's easy to be tricked, isn't it? It's easy to be tricked. Very easy to be tricked. Hold that thought. When I was at school, which was a few years ago, um, I, we used to have first, middle and upper school. So like now there's primary education and secondary education. But I, when I was at middle school, which was like top end of primary, bottom end of secondary, that sort of age group, my head teacher, sorry to mention school on half term. I must apologise, but run with it for now. My head teacher stood up in the middle of the assembly and and delivered a notice. Now I felt I could have helped him a little bit 
Because how he delivered his notice, I felt a bit of a professional error. He started it wrong. You see, the minute he explained something, because of how he delivered it, I, I, I was tempted. He stood up and said, do not. You're with me, aren't you, sir? You're with me, aren't you? Do not. Well, all as I heard then was, do it. Last one. It didn't matter that he said, do not. I only heard, do. Does that make sense? So he said, do not go over the wall at the bottom of the schoolyard. Ladies and gentlemen, in the room and online, I want to say to you, I had never before that moment been tempted to go over the wall at the bottom of the schoolyard. I didn't even know there was a wall at the bottom of the schoolyard. But Mr. Ryan had said, do not go over the wall at the bottom of the schoolyard. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it was that moment in time where I realised this was my moment. <laughs> to represent the whole of the school, nay, the whole of humanity. It was like a shaft of light came from the heavens. Everything darkened out around me. And this was my moment. What was it? That was so exciting. Over the wall, at the bottom of the schoolyard, that Mr. Ryan didn't want me or anyone else to enjoy. Well, I felt a great personal sacrifice. This was my day. And so I, at break time, shimmied down. This is how I shimmy. The shaft of light followed me. Got to the bottom of the schoolyard. And the wall was probably, I don't know, maybe about that high. Something like that. From the stage, not from where you're at. And then, ladies and gentlemen... With Now, I'm going to use a word that isn't often associated with me. With one athletic... <laughs> that wasn't the word. All right, maybe it was. With one athletic movement, I jumped over the wall. I went over the wall. And it was at that moment that I discovered why Mr. Ryan... <laughs> didn't want me or anybody in the school to go over the wall at the bottom of the schoolyard. It wasn't just because he was the head teacher, though he was. It wasn't just because he was miserable, though he was. He was a head teacher. They're paid to be miserable. Any head teachers in the room today? <laughs> Clearly not you. You're all right. You're one of the good ones. But it was very simple. You see, it might have been about that high, this side of the wall. But over that side of the wall, it was at least that height. And not only was it high, but there was one of these long, wide, flat greenhouses. You know the sort that I mean, which made a lovely tinkling sound before that fatal day 
I was six foot three. Oh my, you should have seen it. So like, it happened and thankfully I didn't hurt myself too much and I, I got out and I'm trying to claw around and there's this older gentleman whose like little head came up above his seat, okay? And I thought I'd got away with it. And when I got round to the front of the schoolyard thinking I've got away with it, Mr. Ryan opened the door and stood there with the cane in his hand like this. I mean, that was the sound of the cane. He wasn't just stood there going, like some old martial arts sort of, you won't fight. It wasn't like that. And to be fair, you might not believe in this, but I'm actually quite a good lad at school. So I got away with it. And to be honest with you, seeing him go like, I mean, I thought, what was he caning himself for? I really didn't know. But to see him doing that, that was enough fear for me. It wasn't because he was miserable. It wasn't because he wanted to ruin my fun. It was very, very simple. Mr. Ryan said, do not go over the wall at the bottom of the schoolyard because he knew that by doing that, there was danger. It would cause, potentially cause me harm. It would actually cause distress to the other people too who, who live in that garden. The, the concern, the worry that it would have caused to that older man as he heard this noise and what, what concern, what worry would it have caused him as well as the damage to myself. Ladies and gentlemen, God, when he first made the world, he gave a very basic instruction and the two people that he gave that instruction to were tricked they were deceived they chose to believe God's enemy rather than God himself and they allowed themselves to be tricked to be to do, to be deceived and in doing so they became disconnected and separated from God and all that he's got for them and in doing the same when we, when we choose to allow ourselves to be tricked, to be fooled with notions that there is no God and it's just about doing life your own way and you, you know, look after number one and take care of yourself and, and do good to this person and that, all that's brilliant. But we deceive ourselves, we're tricked. And the great sadness is it causes harm to us and to other people. God said, look, You've got absolute freedom, he said to these first two people. All I'm going to say to you is just don't, don't mess around over there. Don't, don't do that. Now imagine if I said to you, I'm going to take you shopping today. Don't get too excited, it's just an illustration. And I say to you, let's go out to Rushton Lakes, is it, Jason? Rushton Lakes, take you shopping. And I say to you that you can have anything you want, everything you want, apart from don't go into that shop. Because if you go into that shop, you'll lose everything else. You would be a burk, as we used to call it in Bradford, if you went into the one shop that I told you not to go because you wanted to do that because you don't want to be told, but in doing so, you lost everything. And that's what's happened to us as humanity. We've done the stuff God says we, sh we, we shouldn't do, and we've done it, and we've lost everything. 
Not only have we been tricked, but we've been tricked into believing that's all right and that that's okay and that's, that's how we can navigate and, and, and go through life. And we've been tricked and we've been deceived. And the heartbreaking thing is it disconnects us from all the amazing stuff that God wants to deposit into our lives and put into our lives. All the stuff that God wants to treat us to. And yet we've allowed ourselves to be tricked. At the end of my talk, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, I am going to be tricked no more. This is a different day for me, a new deal. I am no longer going to be tricked. God has said, do not, and we have said, why not? God has said, do not, and we have said, why not? God hasn't said, do not, because he's miserable. He said, do not, because he knows what's best for us. He said, do that, because he knows what's best for us. Don't do that, because he knows what's best for us. We haven't got a clue. In fact, the Bible actually says there's a way that seems right to a person, but actually the end just leaves to death. Well, who wants that? Don't you want to be treated to life? In a few moments time, I'm going to explain how that can happen for you this morning. You see, it's easy to be tricked, but God has treated us to something amazing. The greatest trick was when the enemy of God and deceived the universe, the universe, humanity, and we've continued to allow ourselves to be tricked. The greatest treat is when God did something phenomenal. I want you to picture the scene. I'm 17 years old. I've just passed my driving test. It's a big day. I've had a car now for 12 months. I've been doing it up. I've had it since I was about 16. It, it's green and it's brown. The green's where there is still paintwork. The brown is what we like to call rust. And I'm rubbing it down. And for any of you who've done this back in the day, I'm filling the bodywork with glass fibre and I'm sanding it down and I'm rubbing it down and I'm spraying it with spray for 99p a tin from Cars Direct or whatever the local cheap car shop was. And the big day arrives, ladies and gentlemen. I pass my test. I go and get the car taxed. It's a green Morris Marina Coupe. It's a 1,600cc engine and I got it 90 miles an hour up Tong Street, which is about a 50, but that don't matter. That was, be, no, it wasn't before I was a Christian, but anyway, I've had communion since and got forgiven. So it was my car. I mean, it's a right rust bucket, but it was my car. And if you've ever had your first car, you'll know how exciting it is when, you, when the world gives you the responsibility of owning your own car. And I took it out on the road and I'm driving everywhere. Like I lived at Seven Springwood Avenue, West Bolling Bradford, BD58 BY. My, my house is an old terraced house, and like five, five doors down, there's a corner shop owned by my mate's dad. I drove to that corner shop. And then I, I turned the car out and drove back. It's five doors away. But you want to drive everywhere. I'm like, you, want, you need to get to London, I'll take you. Never even met them, but I'm taking them. I just want to drive everywhere. 
And Sunday morning comes, I've driven to church, I've come back home from church, I've had my lunch and now I'm going out to see a mate. I'm in my Morris Marine, a 1600 coupe green slash brown. I've got into the car, I'm turning, oh yeah, take it out of neutral, handbrake's rubbish. Okay, so make sure it's in neutral, handbrake's on, okay. Right, let's go. Right, okay, right. Um, and you're still quite new to it all. Okay, put it in first. Clutch, forgot the clutch. Okay. Okay, rear view mirror, side mirrors, because you still do all that. Don't do that so much these days, okay? It's like it's the people behind you, it's their responsibility to check you out, isn't it, okay? So he's like, okay. Yeah, okay, right. What do we do now? Oh, yeah, handbrake off. Okay, start to... Still haven't got the clutch control sorted, okay? I'm coming up to the T-junction. Okay, left, right. Now, has anybody ever had a crash? It's, it's, it's a horrible sound. It doesn't matter whether you hit them at 80 miles an hour or five miles an hour. It's a horrible sound. I was going round the bend. I was going round the bend. And so I thought, okay, it's bending left. I'm going to turn the steering wheel to go left. The car goes left. That's normal, right? For those of you who don't know, that's normal. Okay, I'm thinking, right, the road's not bending anymore. It's straightening up. I need to straighten the steering wheel up. The problem is the car kept going left. So I'm straightening. <laughs> and this is basically what happened in slow motion. Okay, is the car's heading for a wall. And there's nothing I can do about it. Clearly it's not driver error. There's some fault with the car. Okay, but this is what happens like this. I'm now heading towards the wall in slow motion. This is what's happening. Now I'm going backwards. I get out of the car and I'm shaking like that. Shaking like that. My car resembles a triangle. The whole front end is caved in. The passenger side is now closer to me than it was five minutes ago. Okay, I'm getting I am shaking. I am, if honestly, when you have any bump, but even when you have your first one, it's like the colour just drains from you. And it's like, and I, it was a bit wet, it was a bit rain raining and uh, this guy comes up to me gets out of his mini metro do you remember mini metros gets out of his mini metro this is no word of a lie he comes up to me he looks at me looks at the car looks at the wall and says these words you want to be careful around here mate it's slippy (laughs) say that again you want to be careful around here slippy I've just peeled myself off a wall you don't need to tell me it's slippy and then check this out he got in his car and drove off and I'm, if I ever see a mini metro I, I start twitching I, can't, I just oh, what I, you see what I didn't want somebody to do right then is to say you want to be careful around here mate it's slippy I know that What I wanted is somebody to come and help me 
in the predicament I found myself in. Does that make sense? I don't want somebody to say, oh, you're not very good at driving, or if you'd have done this. Okay, I'm up for instruction, but help me out first, right? Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Is it just me or is it just me? He's saying, no, please, give me instruction once I'm not shaking. Once I've stopped crying for my mum, all right? Then give me some instruction. But what I need from you right now is not for you to rub it in. It's not for you to make me feel bad about the mess I've already got into. It's I need somebody to care for me and love me. Ladies and gentlemen, we have car crashed our lives as human beings. It is totally our fault. We've believed a lie. We've been tricked. But I want to tell you that Jesus came, and as my friend often says, he didn't come to rub it in. What are you doing that for? He came to rub it out. He didn't come to make us feel bad about the mistake and the fact that we've been tricked. He came to love us in it. Instead of judging us for it and punishing us for it, he treated us. He rubbed it out. He gives opportunity for a brand new start. Whether it's the greatest trick that you believe, which is to believe you can live life without God, or whether it's all the mistakes that you've made because of that, or even since that, Jesus comes to rub it out, to give us a brand new start. The Bible tells me that Jesus not only died so we could be forgiven, but he came back alive so we could have new life. Forgiveness, new life. Now that, my friends, is some treat. That is some treat. As treats go, that's the greatest treat. In fact, the Bible puts it like this. It says, what you get for what you've done is death. It calls it the wages. A salary is what your boss thinks you're worth. You may think you're worth more than that. He may think you're worth less than that, but be that as it may. Wages are what you get for what you've done. And the Bible says that what we get for what we've done is death because we've messed up. Big styly, but Jesus didn't pay us according to what we've done if we ask him to forgive us, if we accept his death. He says, the wages of death, the wages of the things that we do is wrong, but the gift, the treat of God is eternal life, but through Jesus Christ, only through Jesus, not through any other way, only through Jesus. So we don't get what we do deserve. But then, it gets even better than that, we get something we don't deserve. I mean, that's a treat, isn't it? Not only do we not get what we do deserve, we get something we don't deserve. In fact, the Bible tells us it's just by God's loving kindness, it uses the word grace, God's loving kindness that we are rescued and forgiven and saved and pulled out from life without God and transferred into life with God. It's through his kindness, his loving kindness that we are rescued. And this is through faith. It's not through anything we've done ourselves, it says. He says it's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by some kind of working up to it or deserving it. No, that would be a wage. <laughs> it's a gift. It's a treat. <laughs> it's the greatest treat you ever could have in your life. And we get treated because Jesus was mistreated. We get treated because Jesus was mistreated. Trick or treat. They ask you that, don't they? 
and they come in knocking on your door, trick or treat. And you say, trick, or you give them a treat. God says to you, trick or treat. Will you stay tricked? Or will you allow God to treat you? How do you receive this treat? Well, in the last few minutes, and just as the musicians come and join me on the platform, I'd like you to like to help you, whether you're in the room or you're watching online. I'd like to help you just in a couple of three minutes or so now. I'd like to help you how you can, to know how you can stop being tricked and deceived and living in the truth of that and how you can receive the greatest treat. Receiving the greatest treat from God is all about saying, God, I don't want to live my life my way anymore. I don't want to stay in that tricked state. I, I, I want to come into the truth and the reality of your love for me. And so here this morning, you just simply in your heart need to say to God, God, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I've lived my life without you. You can say this just in your own heart or online in your own heart. God, I, I'm sorry I've lived my life without you, that I've been tricked, that I've been deceived. But today I want that to change. I don't want to stay tricked. I want to be treated. <laughs> I want to be treated to your love and your forgiveness and your new life and your peace and your fresh start. And so I thank you that Jesus died on the cross, taking the punishment for the wrong of the whole world, including me. And I thank you that he came back alive so that I can live. Help me, God, today as I say yes to you, a big yes to you. Help me, God, as I start this journey with you today. If that's you, whether you're in person or at home watching online, if you want to say yes to God, just gather those words up from right now where you are. Just say, yes, God. Because I've explained what it means. That's that's what you're saying. Yes, God. Yes, God. Just say it to him now. I've just heard in the last week that somebody had read one of my books and have just said yes to God because something in it helped them. People are saying yes to God all, all over the place, all over the world, all throughout history. This is not just you in this small pocket of people in this weird thing called Christianity. In fact, more people are saying yes to God now globally than have ever said actual fact. So you're joining millions upon millions upon millions of people that have said yes to God down through the decades, have said yes to God across this world. I mean, it's incredible. You're not on your own. Just say yes to God. My prayer is that as you say yes to God, you'll realize that he's already said yes to you. That's what Jesus is all about. God saying the biggest yes to humanity. Yeah, you've been tricked, but this is a new day. Now, if you've said yes to God and you're in the room, we've got a little pack that simply says, I said yes to God. You can go to where there's a coffee, there's an information point, there's a table with two roller banners either side, and there's a lovely lady there. If you just go and say to her, look, could I have one of those packs that Mark talked about? I said yes and uh, she'll give one of those to you and somebody will be there. And if you'd like to chat that through a little bit, just get one of these packs. If you're watching uh, online, then you can just simply in Google 
type Elim Church Northampton Connect and it'll take you to a page where you can connect with us and you can tell us that you became a Christian today and various things. Just go there and we'd love to help you. But just before, I realise I've, I've gone over by a few minutes, so forgive me, but I just very simply want to say this. It, it might be that you're here today, you're not quite ready, or watching online, you're not quite ready to say a big yes to God. You can say what I call a little yes, which is about making an intentional decision to find out more, to investigate, to ch- chat it through with some people and really begin to understand what it is. Or if you're here today and you're not quite ready to do that, could I challenge you to become open-minded that maybe you have been tricked into but what, thinking what Christianity really is. And just to become open-minded, it's what I call a healthy maybe. That you wouldn't say, maybe there's something in this, but don't let it dissipate. Just keep it on your agenda. We have been tricked, but how grateful are we to a God who's treated us in a way we don't deserve. Thank you so much for listening. God bless.